Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snack Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hey, this is Power Card, a.k.a. Project Pat, and you're listening to the Baltimore Beatdown Podcast, the best Ravens podcast on the planet. to another edition of the Baltimore B-Town podcast. It is Monday, December 2nd, and shout out to Mayor Randy Brown. Downtown Mayor Randy Brown, the greatest kicker of all time, Justin Tucker, does it again. It's been a while, but you called this one. You called a Tucker kick to win it. We've been kind of waiting on one. We've been waiting for the Tucker game, and it arrived in historic, not historic, that's a stupid word choice, but in memorable fashion. Uh, Tucker, are you not entertained? He truly is the greatest kicker of all time through and through. He's honestly, I think, might somehow be underappreciated still. Like somehow, because he's just that damn good. Well, he hasn't had like people like people around here say that he's the best kicker of all time because that's a true fact. But like, you know, there will be some people in the national media landscape. They're like, no, it's Vinatieri. And that's just because Vinatieri has the bigger kicks and he's been on better teams. Tucker really hasn't been on that many great teams. And the irony is that the reason he was able to get so good and get the national spotlight that he did get is because he was on bad offensives for so many years. But this year he is feeling a little bit underappreciated because he hasn't had the moments. It did feel like he was due. And I felt like if there were ever going to be a game that where it was going to happen, uh, the two best teams in the league meeting up uh, in Baltimore, uh, I would think he would be the you know deciding factor in that. And he was today. Absolutely. And Chuck Clark came up, made a nice stick at the end of the first half in a wet game and kind of, you know, prevented the 49ers from getting those last couple yards, made it a long kick for Mr. Robbie R.E. Gould and missed it and missed it by that much. And they lost the game by that much. So the little things, the little things ended up adding up in this game and it was a wet bloodbath. I mean, there was murder going on out there in many different ways. A lot of uh, mugging of receivers on both sides, a lot of, uh, you know, penalties here and there, some broken tackles, some jukes, all the good stuff. So I'm sure uh, this was a fun one for pretty much anyone to watch, regardless of if you're a fan of one of these two teams or not. It was definitely an entertaining game. Yeah, it was probably the game of the year for me. Uh, just from an excitement standpoint, there have been more fun ones just in a blowout sense. But yeah, you know, you had Robbie uh, Levinson Gould with the big miss there before the first or before the uh, end of the first half. Um, yeah, just big penalties going each and every way. Uh, Lamar making some big plays with his legs and down to that last drive when he uh, kind of put the team on his back a little bit there, uh, went for the QB sneak and set up Tucker to kick the game winner game winner home. So, uh, you know. This has been quite 
a uh, eight week run here for the Ravens. Uh, and this feels like potentially the peak of it because these were just two heavyweights going at it. And uh, they came out on top in what was December football, which is important. It really was. The weather was an obvious, I mean, huge factor. And we didn't see either team really air the ball out a ton. The touchdown pass that Garoppolo threw to go up 7 nothing, and I'm not saying it was a duck because it was wobbly. I'm saying it was a duck because it literally died in the air. That was, like, not a good throw at all, not Good ball placement, nothing. And it was just that kind of game where anyone can go up and grab a ball and then make a play and someone's going to lose footing and someone else is going to make a play on both sides. There's a ton of plays made by the 49ers, a ton of plays made by the Ravens, um, two good teams for sure. But like you said, that December football, the weather had a huge factor. If they play this game in, you know, 65 degrees sunny, I we wouldn't it would look completely different. It would look completely different on both sides. Um, I still think the 49ers are really good. The one thing that I slightly underestimated going to this game is how just damn good Kyle Shanahan is of a play caller and some of the play designs that he has and how good or well, excuse me, that the 49ers execute some of those screens and make defenses defend sideline to sideline. So I was very impressed with Shanahan today. Yeah, definitely. He's uh, just kind of one of those guys for me. And I did point him out as, you know, somebody that I feared even more than Jimmy Garoppolo, just because he is such a creative, uh, innovative guy. And, you know, it's a big debate about scheme versus talent. But this team has both in Shanahan with the great scheme and all the great talent that they have on offense and a pretty good trigger man in Jimmy Garoppolo. People have kind of dumped on him, but I think he had a good game today and he's been pretty good and solid for them all season. So uh, it was definitely a battle of two big time heavyweights potential Super Bowl preview was getting thrown around a little bit which would be awesome uh, but this was yeah this was probably my favorite game so far this year up there for me up there for me I really like that Seattle game that was a fun one that felt like it got everything rolling um, but yeah it was it was highly entertaining and I think that the Ravens have something special I would not be a fan of playing the 49ers again in the Super Bowl I just don't think that's exciting even just to say the least I'd rather see a different matchup even if the Ravens don't go I'd prefer to see a new matchup I don't know. I always like that one in it like un, unknown factor of an AFC and an NFC team but we shall see both teams very good definitely Super Bowl possible teams at this point has been established for sure. Jimmy was all right to me. Um, I think his receivers really bailed him out a lot. There were some amazing catches, diving catches, Kittle, Steve Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, Kendrick Bourne had a pluck off the floor that he turned, broke a tackle and got like 30 yards on. Um, was pretty damn impressed with San Francisco's receiving core today in the rain for sure. But yeah, Jimmy was okay. I'm not still not a huge Jimmy guy. He moved well in the pocket, but we'll get more into it. Uh, we'll get into the mailbag first though. Yeah, let's do it. Alrighty. And appreciate you guys as usual. Got a bunch flooding in following this Ravens dub. The first one is from Max Goldman. Wait, quick before we, uh, before we start off is Pluke Surfs in there. Do you know? Let me see. I don't think I saw him, but let me double check. I'm I just scanning. if he's not in there, I just want to give him a quick shout out because he's the fucking homie. And he, he really is the homie. He Venmoed us uh, $20 to take shots. We were unfortunately not together, so I will be saving that for the next time we are. Uh, and we will certainly be putting them towards the drink fund. So shout out to you, buddy. Hope you're enjoying the, the great weather out there while we uh, slave away here on the East Coast for you and your listening pleasure. We love you. That was fucking gnar, Pluke. We love you. So gnar. Um, I was catching a crazy pipeline out on the uh, the swell. Dude, did you see those barrels? The swell is insane. Yeah, it's down in Chino Hills and Corona. <laughs> anyway. Cut the um, streets fine. This turned into my gym room. Yeah, I'm just going to go cut one up real quick if you don't mind, Mom. Cut one up. Going to roll some backwoods and go out and uh, hit the swells. Just, you know, huff, huff, puff, puff, swell, swell. Anyway, all right, moving on. Max Goldman, 24. We are lucky that Marcus Peters seems to be our biggest defensive liability. Sure. I mean, sure. I've I've been saying this since day one. Marcus Peters is not a tackler. Don't get upset when he doesn't tackle well. Today was a Marcus Peters doesn't tackle well game. It was wet out there. He caught a baptism 
of a stiff arm from Raheem Mostert uh, on that 40-yard touchdown who also made Earl Thomas miss. And it's a thing. I mean, defenders are reacting and offensive players know where they're going in the rain. Seems like Mostert just had like the right cleats on or something today. I don't know. That had to be the game of his career uh, by far. And he really carved up the Ravens. He had a lot of pop in his pads too. He was moving some piles and making some plays all over in the running game. Had a few nice little dump offs where Jimmy Garoppolo had nothing going downfield. I mean, it was kind of hard to even see in the rain at certain points and he could kind of just underhand the ball to Mostert and Mostert made a couple plays. So excellent game from him. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, a little bit surprising, but yeah, I mean, going back to Peter's, uh, there are good Marcus and bad Marcus games. Today was a bad Marcus game, and I think that's pretty much all you have to chalk it up to. Sure. Negus Masingi out next. Why do you think the Ravens couldn't contain the edge in this game? Again, I mean, Kittle, it looked like Kittle was making some really solid blocks out on the perimeter, and the 49ers offensive line did a great job being mobile. To me, it looked like the Ravens were just lined up inside too much and like were stubborn for a long time to kind of kick Michael Pierce and or excuse me, yeah, Michael Pierce and Brandon Williams out kind of more over the outside shade of the guard and then get a little wider. And then eventually they kind of buckled down at the end. I mean, Mostert had the one, the couple nice long runs, but they buckled down at the end and took the ball back from the 49ers. And Josh Bynes had probably the play of the game for me on that huge tackle for a loss. They were running those little sweeps and a couple reverses off him and stuff. And Bynes came screaming through the hole. It was kind of Ray Lewis, Darren Sproles in San Diego-esque. Uh, not quite the end of the game like that one was, but him just flashing through the line and making a play. Kind of shut that down and ended that and forced the Niners to have to do something else at that point late in the game. Yeah, definitely. It was uh, interesting. And I think maybe it's a function of the fact and I'm not like, you know, huge football guy, all 22. But, you know, the Shanahan system is kind of predicated on power run uh, and getting downhill north south type of running style. So maybe they were over accounting for that. And then Shanahan you know, being smart, he started spamming that stretch run with the very fast Mostert. Uh, it started working and he didn't go away from it. And the Ravens just maybe couldn't adjust uh, for a number of reasons. I think they kind of started getting hit with that more in the second half, right? Mm, it was pretty consistent, like first into second half when the 49, I mean, the 49ers were getting chunk plays here and there and moving the sticks pretty well at a good bit of first downs. And the outside zone stuff is, I mean, it was their bread and butter. So something the, that smarter coaches do is that they will uh, wait um, to, you know, take their ace up their sleeve until the second half, because if you do it in the first half, then you potentially risk the defense going into the locker room, getting a ton of time to figure it out and then coming back out and adjusting to it. So I was thinking maybe, you know, he was just waiting to unleash most of it in the second half. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but yeah, I'm not totally sure. I think uh, it might have just been a, a function of them trying to stop a different type of scheme than the one that they actually decided to run today. Sure. Oh, my God. I missed Pluke Surfs, actually, while I was scanning. Pluke Surfs, I'm feeling sexy. Might delete. Too late. You're published forever, Pluke. We love you. Um, ZJ Batman. Defense Cleveland game-esque. Just a case of playing a really good offense, question mark, part one. Or part two. Is it a coverage thing? Outside run looked terrible. Couldn't set an edge. Um, We just touched on that one. I mean... Shanahan. So Mike Shanahan loved to run outside zone. Terrell Davis, all those guys, uh, Orlando, Gary, and a bunch of weird dudes, and Clinton Portis ended up doing it, and and that, and uh, yeah, they run some power. They run a lot of outside zone. There, it's the Kubiak system as well. Kubiak was a part of it in Denver, and and some of that zone stuff, and um, it was just tough sledding. And the 49ers are executing blocks well, and sometimes it's tough. I wouldn't expect. Many teams – I didn't expect the 49ers to be able to do that. Tevin Coleman, I didn't see doing that. Mostert really was just on one. He was hitting all the right holes, making all the right plays, and he was, broke maybe six tackles in this game. So have to tip your cap to him in that I would not be concerned about it. It was wet. It is a, the was the second-best rushing team in the NFL, a very good rushing team that runs the ball for 150 yards a game, and they ran the ball for a little bit over 150 yards a game – or 150 yards – uh, around 180 yards. So it was what it was. Coleman, five for six. 
Debo Samuel had one sweep, and then Mostert just made some plays. So you the defense also made some good plays against the run too. So I don't think you can totally say that they had a terrible. Oh, absolutely, game. absolutely. Yeah, um, so I would say probably wouldn't be overly concerned. Yeah, not not a concern. It was wet, man. It was wet. It was tough sledding. That is what it is. Uh, Cyan23, does Harbs deserve more credit for how the team has played this year? Is he coach of the year? How do you feel about that one? Uh, I would say probably yes and yes. I mean, it was pretty much about a year ago to this point that the guy was all but out the door. Uh, and he completely changed you know, his entire – basically his entire scheme uh, on – the offensive side of the ball to save his job last year. And, you know, he didn't stick with that uh, thing. He could have just done the easy thing and not fired Marty Morningweg, who was his friend. But he, you know, he had kind of a humility about him, uh, about the fact that, you know, we won 10 games. We were the division champions, but we can still get better. And, you know, he took that approach into the offseason with building around Lamar and, embracing analytics and all the fourth down stuff. I mean, that's a pretty new development for him and it's working out pretty damn well. So I think the fact that he, he's much more, he seems more streamlined and, you know, more, uh, I don't know. It's kind of more, yeah, I would, I don't want to say young decisive. Yeah. More decisive. And, you know, he has a, a bit of a fresher approach to the game that I think we were kind of seeing under Flacco. So I think maybe not necessarily from an X's and O's standpoint, because he's not like physically building the offense and defense, but just the fact that he put the right people in place to do so in a unconventional way. And with all the analytics and the fourth down stuff, which has been a huge development for him, I think, uh, he definitely does deserve a ton of credit and it's a great thing that they did not fire him, which was my opinion back in the at the time and i'm glad they didn't and as for coach of the year i mean it's kind of tough to predict but the, that's a narrative award kind of like the mvp uh where you know it's really just about the story it's not about who the actual best coach is and in this case you know he might be doing the best coaching job in the league this year with the best story so yeah maybe he will win it sure i mean i've always been a huge harbs guy i never thought that the Ravens would be wise to let him go because you know there are 10 NFL teams bringing him in on an interview is within a week. I mean, he is well-respected amongst the league. He finally has some competent coordinators and bought into that identity of the aggressiveness on fourth down and the analytics and the win probability. So, yeah, go Harbs. Whatever, coach of the year, sure. He's my coach of the year every year. I love the dude. Moving on, Justin Miller, 97. Trust. That's all he had to say. Big trust. Big trust, woo woo, rally 07 on a scale of one to ten. How sick was this win? It was sick. This uh, this win will not be going into work tomorrow because it's so sick. Oh, really? You're taking a boys' day? No, this win, not me. I certainly will be going into work. Thanks for reminding uh, me. Sucks. That was just a sick. Like you're sick, so you can't go into work. Luis Sar, little joke I for get, you. There. I get it. I get it. Thanks for laughing. Will the, you're welcome. Will the cold slash wet weather be the team's kryptonite in the playoffs? No, they freaking won. That one's not. <laughs> I'm not with that one. They just won the game. I don't know what you're talking about. Lamar they, was getting a little saucy with the media about it though. He was like, "You see them balls out there." He was. I. We'll get into that later. Play calling was weird. He was not willing to throw the ball deep, and it ended up working out because they walked out of there victorious. So. Maybe not my favorite play calling job offensively on the day, but when it got into the fourth quarter, it was a well-called game. So when it mattered, it was fine. Um, definitely got it done. The great Josh B. This is the best Ravens team since what year? The Maybe the 2006 Ravens for me. Probably the best team. I know they didn't win a Super Bowl, but that was a really good team. So I'll say since then. That team was awesome. 2011 was really freaking good, and they should have won the Super Bowl that year, I think. 2011 was really good, too. So I'd put 2011 in that conversation, but this is the most fun you know, combo with the best wins that I've seen probably ever. I agree. Definitely the most fun Ravens team of all time. Um, definitely. I mean, offense is so exciting. Alex Smearman, frequent flyer. Can a single team beat the Pats for us? Hello, please. Scoreboard, baby. Texans are doing it right now. Jake and I were talking right before, but we're a little nervous. Sean Watson's driving right now. Uh, Texans are up two scores. Look to be the better team. And Tom Brady can't really do a damn thing right now. So 14, we'll see how it ends up yeah, working out. But 
14 to three, like halfway through the third quarter. Uh, Texans, if they win, the Ravens will be the number one seed tomorrow morning. And that'll be funny because the Pats fans are so certain they would stomp the Ravens. The Patriots would stomp the Ravens if they had to go They're to starting to get a little, little chirpy about uh, this whole situation. I think they don't like it when the uh, spotlight is on another team. I'm sure this is what Chiefs fans were dealing with from them last year. Exactly. Um, and they, the Pats did go into Kansas City and win, but that was the first time they've won a road game. Yeah, no, it's like it's not to it's not to take away from them. Like they're still awesome, and I'd probably still believe that they have a great chance to win the Super Bowl this year. It's just funny, like seeing Pats fans get mad about their team not getting enough respect. It's like, guys, you got six Super Bowls. Like, let's calm down. Yeah, let's let another take, team take a breather. You know, get a little bit of burn for a little bit. Yeah, they always are in the spotlight. And for the record, I'm just going to go on record. The Patriots are not winning the Super Bowl this year. Their offense isn't good enough. Moving on. I will never, Um, ever concede that until Tom Brady and Bill Belichick are done, but continue. Sure. Adam Jones, 357, five gold gloves, a foodie, Mr. Adam Jones. How likely are the Ravens to get the one seed and how important would this be for this team? It'd be huge. I mean – not uh, the team that gets a first round buy has the best chance of winning the Super Bowl. They win more Super Bowls. Just having a first round buy in general is huge, uh, especially the last few years. We just saw Deshaun Watson airmail one to Will Fuller for a touchdown, uh, uh, 21 to three Texans now. Oh my gosh, you're probably behind me. I just blew that for you, Jake. I'm sorry again. No, I saw but, it. Sweet. Okay. And yeah, I think just getting that buy is a little more important because if you have to go play one game on the road, that's fine, but having to go do it twice is pretty difficult, in my opinion. So if they, if the Patriots lose this, and like we just met, mentioned, it's twenty-one to three uh, in the third quarter, a good bit into the third quarter, they also have to play the Chiefs. Uh, well, that's in New England, but yeah, they still have the Chiefs on the schedule, so that could potentially be another loss for them. They're probably going to take care of business against the Bengals, Bills, and Dolphins. So you got to be rooting hard for the Texans tonight and then rooting for the uh, Chiefs big time. Right. Otherwise, Pats are in all likelihood uh, winning in in those other games for sure. What else do we got? Jay Tom, who's a better addition thus far? Earl Thomas or Mark Ingram? No right answer kind of question. I'm just going to skip through that one because you're right. There is no right answer. Both are performing really, really, really well. It's a real Travis asks final game slash record predictions for the remainder of the season. Which game left is scariest? Which game is scariest for you, Jake? Where do you think the Ravens might take an L? Uh, I could see them losing to Cleveland, honestly. But I'm not expecting it. Um, who? So who else do they got? You got at Jets. Buffalo, at Buffalo, home to Jets. At Cleveland, home to Pittsburgh. Yep. They, they could definitely win all of them. Uh, I, well, now at Bills is actually a tough game. Yes. By default, you got to go with Bills, and then Steelers are, might be playing for a little bit more than the Ravens are. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, they point. might be resting at that point, but yeah. I mean. A little bit. They might not be really giving that much of a crap about that game at that point. Yeah, so I would say at Bills for sure. Bills are a good team. Bills are good. I like Josh Allen. We've enjoyed watching. We've talked about that a few times. Angela Hester, our homie. Why in God's name could the defense not contain Mostert? We already touched on that one. And Clayton 23011 leaves us off with think we skin the Bills. Their wins are against no one. That is a good point. We shall see. Well, they just went into Dallas and shit pumped the Cowboys. So I'm not going to totally take respect. Cowboys haven't beaten anyone either, though. Yeah, they gave the Patriots a game at home. The Bills did. Yeah, yeah, they did a good bit. That's true. Uh, their defense is pretty good, but I don't know. I don't. I don't. I, th- I think that'll be another win. I think that the Ravens can run through them a little bit again, and and if the Ravens are running pretty well, averaging, I mean, what five yards a carry today, somewhere in that neighborhood, then. I think the Ravens are fine, so we shall see. And that pretty much does it for the mailbag. The other ones are kind of repetitive, but we appreciate you guys. Lamar's performance concerning. That's the last one. Benny Lucero, 04. No, not at all. I thought he played pretty well. Um, 
didn't he turned the ball over but that was just more of an incredible play we'll talk about that that was an unbelievable strip and the fact that he took the ball and kept it and didn't let it you know hit the floor and give the Ravens a chance to recover really kind of kept this game from getting a little out of hand in my opinion maybe the 49ers are able to come right back and score a touchdown but I don't know that uh Lamar goes outside instead of inside there that's six and I think we might be looking at a different game yeah I think the um Hmm. What was I going to say? I think this game, uh, it's not huge on the stat sheet as they take away that touchdown from Houston. It's back to 14 to three. Um, I think in terms of like the stat sheet, it doesn't look great passing, but it reminds me of like the New England or even the Seattle game in that respect where like it's not going to show up on the stat sheet, but he did have a really good game running the ball really well and uh, hitting some key passes like the one to Hayden Hurst to clinch it. Essentially, Uh, the touchdown pass to Mark Andrews was really nice. He had some other really that was a dime. That was a really, really awesome dime. Yeah, he was just he had a, a couple throws where, you know, he was just firing it in there like between three different defenders. He dropped it in the bucket to Andrews and then you know the rushing ability like people maybe don't take as much stock in it because he's a quarterback but that's just wrong because it's a huge part of his game and uh you know he's been absolutely you know incredible with it uh first quarterback in a while to have four 100 plus rough yard games uh in a season or I think he's the only one actually at this point um yeah so I think in terms of like the stat sheet, it's not going to look great, but it reminds me of the New England and Seattle game uh, in the sense that he did have a really good game regardless. Uh, if you just kind of watch the uh, film back, uh, Texans score on essentially the same play, and it's 21-3 to again. Oh, my gosh. Sick. That was sick, and that was all. Oh, my gosh. Kenny Stills, baby. Let's go. Um, that was awesome to watch unless someone just secretly beat me in DraftKings. But anyway, yeah, that was a great mailbag. Thank you so much, guys. Appreciate all y'all. We may have another mailbag later in the week. We've been kind of getting into those. feel like you guys have as well. So we enjoy talking about and discussing what you guys want to hear about and giving our thoughts because for some reason you guys like listening to us. But yeah, thank you. Appreciate y'all. Yep. And uh, with that, we're going to take a quick break and then jump into the preview. So jumping into the game a little bit, we can just, I guess, start from the beginning as we typically do. So Ravens got the, I think they won the coin toss, they deferred. So San Francisco gets the ball uh, to start things off. You've got a couple messy third down conversions where the Niners are sort of making it look like a potentially bad day for the Ravens D capped off by something that... Uh, really would uh, potentially indicate that with the Debo Samuel touchdown where uh, it looks like Marcus Peters might have even thought that there had been a flag thrown or something because he just kind of stopped and Samuel caught it and uh, just, you know, walked waltzed into the end zone to go up seven, nothing on their opening drive. Yeah. And it was, I mean, a really difficult grab and Debo made a play. Marcus was a little awkward there and 49ers came out with a plan, man, and they executed well. Jimmy didn't really make any terrible mistakes for the most part. Like I said earlier, he kind of got bailed out by some really great catches, and that was one of them. I mean, that ball to me just was not it. That's not – I'm just not going to look at that and call it a good pass ever. That was not a good pass. And Debo Samuel went and bailed him out, and 7-0, 49ers. Yeah, so uh, that got things going. Uh, Ravens got the ball back. I think they converted a first down and then they punted. Is that correct on their first possession? Yes. So they punted back. Uh, It looks like the 49ers are starting to drive again and things maybe are starting to get a little bit out of hand. And then that was when the forced fumble happened. Yes. Yes, and that was Chuck Clark who came up. I thought Clark played really well today. He was a big factor in limiting Kittle, um, made a couple huge tackles, and got the ball. And Ravens got the ball back, and then were able to go down the other way. Yep, they certainly were. And so that first touchdown, Mark Andrews um, climbing the ladder to go and grab it. You got it at seven to nothing at that point, and kind of at that point, like I, I was a little afraid it was going to get out of hand when they got the ball back. Um, uh, when the 49ers got the ball back and they started to drive. But at that point, I was like, all right, you know, gloves are starting to come off. This is going to be a real fight. What was like the energy in the stadium at that point? It was cold. It was windy. It was pretty full. It wasn't crazy full, but I mean, it was good for brutal conditions like that. We're not used to rain in that kind of environment like Seattle is, but it was Poncho Nation out there. Uh, it was very loud, very loud. 
good energy. There were a ton of 49ers fans there. And for the most part, a lot of them were pleasant. I had a little uh, smack talking going back and forth with a someone who was wasted in my row about five seats down. He was the only man standing in the entire section at this point. I think the 49ers maybe made a stop that forced a punt. And he was standing up and he was screaming, sit down. You guys just sit down. Sit down. It's like you're the only one standing. You sit down. Got a chuckle, not going to lie. And uh, then he ended up getting tossed out of the game. Swear I didn't rat on him, but we're all laughing about it later. He was like 80 feet away doing something by the rails, and we saw him get kicked out. And we're like, "Mm -hmm, yeah, you sit down, buddy. Take a seat. That's pretty funny. Um, I would would like to visualize you in the pouring rain just like getting into a cat fight with a guy. That would be pretty sick. It was, uh, yeah, I was having some fun with him. I tend to take the, if you're drunk and you're in my section, I like make you into my little imp, like uh, the one in Pulp Fiction. Like I just make you into my little play toy that I uh, start playing mind games with if you're super drunk at the game. So definitely, uh, definitely rattled his cage a little bit and, and had some fun with him, but all in good spirit. All the other 49ers fans, talk, all the other 49ers fans, talk to a ton of them. I guess you know if you're an East Coast 49ers fan, they actually have a huge fan base. Uh, you probably you know want to come to this game if you're in you know New York area, Maryland area, Virginia area, DMV, maybe Philly, all that good stuff. So a lot of them there. They're all really pleasant. Talk to a couple of them after the game. They're in good spirits because you know they did play pretty well and they recognize the Ravens are a good team too. So shout out 49ers Nation. You guys were pretty chill. Yeah, I feel like they would be one of the more classy fan bases. I hate the word classy, you know, when it comes to like, fans. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. But just like, you know, have one of the better vibes. Like I had not a great experience. Well, I had a great experience at the Patriots game, but there was this kid sitting behind me that the entire game, he just kept repeating. He is not a quarterback. Like, here's what you have to do to stop him. And he just kept repeating the same shit over and over again. And it just didn't work. And then at the end of the game, he's like, oh, yeah, enjoy your heirlooms. Like, yeah, this is your Super Bowl. Like, no, dude, that's not how it works. Like, you came down here, you talked shit all game, and your team lost. So you don't get to play that card. And shut up. The Ravens have gone into New England and beat the Patriots in the playoffs multiple times. That's not – that's nothing. That's nothing. Like, we don't talk about that. Exactly. Yeah, apparently that never happened. But um, yeah, so it was it was back and forth. And I really I really almost felt like the 49ers deserved to win a little bit more than the Ravens. They were making a ton of plays throughout the game. But the Ravens in clutch time were able to just get it done and were super efficient through the middle of the game. Uh, The second touchdown was a little bit left in the second quarter, I believe. Yeah, the Lamar keeper. Correct. Yes. Yeah, so you had him dash that one in. And yeah, th- at that point, I was kind of feeling pretty uh, decent. And was that so they scored that and then they went up 17 to 7, right? Or am I wrong? I believe they were, I think it was 14 to 14. Then it was 17 to 14. And then the 49ers missed a kick at the end of the half. And uh, on that drive the, to get the field goal from Tucker, the first one, there were a couple of nice keepers from Lamar where he kind of ran inside and outside and weaved and also had a really big play to Mark Andrews over the middle for about 20 yards there. Um, MVP, like low key of this game, I guess unsung hero more so for me. Big time, and I'm going to start banging the table for him, is Hayden Hurst. He just catches everything and did it in a tough game. He had three huge catches, and uh, I'd, I'd love to see him get two, three more targets a game. I mean, he's always open, feels like he catches every accurate pass, and he's pretty dangerous after the catch. But obviously a lot of mouths to feed on this offense, and no one's going to cry about it. But I love his performance today. He was gritty as hell. Yeah, he had, he actually got a game ball. I think that was the first one he ever got. So shout out to you, Hayden Hurst. Uh, yeah, so it was 7-7 seven to seven after the first. Second quarter, it ends 17-14. to 14. Tucker kicks a field goal. Um, and then the 49ers got the ball with like two minutes to go, but there was some extremely curious clock management by Kyle Shanahan, especially as they were driving into Ravens territory with all three other timeouts. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, Robbie Levinson Gould missed the, uh, I think, 51-yarder, and uh, that closed out the half, I believe, uh, so 17-14. Then they come out in the third quarter, and 
with 337 left to go in that after a couple you know slug it out drives they kick one to make it 17 17 uh heading into the home stretch of the game yeah and on that drive uh right before half a really crazy play to me was there's about 30 seconds left i believe and i think it was 32 seconds and they ran that outside zone to moster on like second and 12 with 32 seconds left and he just took off up to the sideline jimmy smith was kind of luckily able to push him out before he got an angle but that was like a 17 yard gain to put them in field goal position so that was just another example of that uh that outside zone really gashing the ravens although they couldn't capitalize there but yeah ravens uh go into the second half have a couple nice runs from mark ingram lamar on a read option where he ran and uh richard sherman and him kind of just you know fell on top of each other after about 10 yards and there's a lot of bootlegs in this game a ton of boot action and Lamar keeping the ball. Uh, the touchdown was kind of on that look. And then on that drive, when it was 70 to 14, the Ravens drove down a similar look uh, coming out of the beginning of the half. And then that ended up leading to the incredible, incredible strip by K1 Williams. That was sports center top play type stuff for me. I mean, that was wild. Yeah, I didn't even realize what was happening until like he was running away with the ball uh, because Lamar was literally like an inch or two away from being down. And he just, you know, snagged that bad boy out of there. And uh, it really turned the game. It You know, they were up 17, 14 at that point. They were driving. I was starting to get a little comfortable. I was like, all right, they put up a nice touchdown here. They get it to um, 24, 14. Then maybe they start to pull away. But uh, yeah, that was a big time hustle play by Williams there to uh, keep the 49ers in this one. Right. And as we were saying, I mean, it was 17-14 there. The fact that he – I mean, there was two Ravens. Mark Andrews was in the area, uh, I believe, as well as Ronnie Stanley there. And the fact that he was just able to pull the ball and, like, keep it with him made a huge difference because I feel like that ball could have easily stayed with the Ravens. And uh, we're talking about a different game yet again. So, again – unbelievable play one of the best plays i've really ever seen in my life uh especially at the nfl level then 49ers came back had a nice little outside power uh kind of like out of an eye formation and we're just able to keep going to that well and, and getting some chunks i believe they gained about 21 yards on two consecutive carries there as they were driving down to raven's territory uh, jimmy garoppolo ends up flipping a pass to raheem mostert who rumbles down to make it fourth and one and that is where one of several controversial no call call this that the other defensive pass interference on marlon humphrey occurs humphrey was beside himself when he saw that flag hit uh humphrey i think played a really tough game had a lot of tackles he was doing a lot of messy work down in that box and hitting some of those speed guys uh, on that same play jake and i both kind of discussed right before he came on about how marcus peters really hooked george kittle so the refs didn't see that and they didn't call that one but either way that should have been a penalty because marcus peters did hook the crap out of george kittle so Ravens didn't get lucky there. Uh, Robbie Gould ends up driving a field goal in, making it 17-17, and the Ravens get the ball back there, I believe, with about a minute and two minutes left in the third. Yeah, and so at that point, it was kind of turned into a sailmate type deal. And the 49ers, they drive down, and I forget exactly at what point it was, but it, it was right before the Ravens went on their game-winning drive, and they came up with, uh, what was it, fourth and four? Yes. Yeah, and so they don't get it. I think it was who was it? Guy that got his hand up in the air um, and knocked it away. So that's essentially the impetus for what won the Ravens the game. Yeah, absolutely. And there was, I mean, a couple big call no calls. There's Mark Andrews as well. Not only on the one that you're going to immediately think of when you hear me say that to our listeners, but there's another one. It was third and eight down at the goal line, and, and Andrews got jumped. I mean. It was kind of hard to see in this game. I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of rain, but the refs are down there and they did review a few things. Harbaugh ended up throwing the challenge flag on the Mark Andrews no call. Something that he said he was protesting doing earlier in the season. He was, but this one didn't feel like I'm throwing the flag to get this challenge. It felt like, hey, they're mugging us. We're not getting any damn calls. I'm throwing a challenge flag out of protest in this game. Like, fuck it. I'm throwing the flag, it felt like. Like, I don't care what happens. 
whatever. Um, so that ended up, you know, helping the 49ers go down. And then we end up seeing the next big play there, I believe, was the Chris Moore. Unbelievable little front barrel roll, somersault, whatever you want to call it. Uh, downing of the ball at the one yard line. And that was an impressive move. Great display. Special teams really literally won this game. They kind of ended up making a few more plays on special teams than the 49ers did in just small ways. And then obviously the huge way with the Tucker field goal. But um, that was a huge play as far as pinning the 49ers back, making them have to go the distance in the rain. And they were not able to do so. They gave the ball back to the Ravens. Yeah, they did. And uh, Ravens capitalized. Um, They had a fourth down of their own on this drive, correct? Who? The Ravens did, right? This was which which driver you're referring to specifically? I think this was so are we talking about the game winning drive now? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The game winning drive. Okay. Yes, they had a fourth down. So they got the ball from the 49ers after making a fourth down stop, getting a hand on a pass. Who exactly got the hand on the pass? I haven't seen that yet, if you know. I think it was Uh, Guy. I think I think it was you mean Wormley? Or yeah, Wormley, Wormley, yeah. Sorry about that. Ninety three same number, same Same number, same guy. They look the same, Same, yeah. Same guy. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so then that tips the ball back to the Ravens' favor, and that's where Lamar kind of went into MVP mode a little bit. They had the quarterback sneak, the fourth and one, following a Gus Edwards dive that did not go well. And it was more of a wedge, actually, than a sneak. And Lamar did kind of the Navy. Uh, If you've ever watched Navy play, they'll kind of run those on third and two or fourth and two, and they're very confident in that play where you kind of just dip to the side and try and – find a seam and go as opposed to just, you know, falling forward no matter what. Then there was another third and one where it was a quarterback sweep and Lamar and Yonda just kind of freaking went on fire and ran down in and and Lamar and Yonda, you could kind of see were at the bottom of the pile, like patting each other on the head. Like, yeah, let's, let's fucking go, man. Like that was awesome. And that's what I love so much about this team is the relationship between Marshall Yonda and Lamar Jackson. That's like my epitome of why I love the Ravens and, 2019 those two guys loving all up on each other um on that drive but yeah then they run the ball a little bit harbaugh has the cojones runs the clock all the way down to three seconds and i mean unbelievable kick by justin tucker crushes it through like it's nothing 49 yards in the rain like it ain't no thing and sends the ravens home 10 and 2 with a dub yeah i mean it was a pretty unbelievable drive uh ultimately because it just kind of imposed or it showed them imposing their will on the 49ers in a way that you know they've been doing all season but it's just cool to see them do it against a team like that and uh what else was i gonna say um yeah, I know. I love the Lamar Marshall Yana relationship too. It kind of feels like a meeting of the older and newer generations, which is awesome. Um, and yeah, it, very curious clock management by Kyle Shanahan all throughout this game because he bungled it at the end of the second half. He used up all his timeouts in this one so that the Ravens were able to drive down and manage the clock pretty much with ease to set this field goal up. The Ravens really didn't bother pushing it, even in these conditions in their offense, which is kind of crazy. Um, The fact that you have Justin Tucker, you can just kind of dick around with the ball like a little bit past midfield and be like, yeah, we're fine. We're going to win this thing. And uh, yeah, 49 yarder. I was a little nervous, I'll be honest, Uh, but he made me pay for it. And uh, it was all thanks to his uh, Mr. Miyagi figure, uh, Mayor Randy Brown. We have a complete team, as complete a team as I've ever been blessed enough to be a part of. Uh, You know, it starts with... There's no better kicker in the National Football League that has ever played the game than this man. I agree with that. Shout out to Mayor Randy Brown. Yeah, so that is his kitchen, kicking coach who was also a mayor. In, where is he, mayor? Connecticut or something? New Jersey. New Jersey, okay. So, yeah, Mayor Randy Brown, shout out to you, man. You have uh, created a monster in the best way possible. Shout out, Mayor Randy Brown. Uh, you know, the Ravens look into those little things, the analytics, the having a, you know, a detailed kicking specialist, and that's kind of been the behind-the-scenes uh under the bridge runner of this whole show of the wolf pack with the snapping and the holding and the punting and the kicking and uh, the kickoffs and all that good stuff. So Mayor Randy Brown is a real one trust. Yeah. Uh, Justin Tucker also had a, a big trust for the media uh, when he went up to his press conference. And uh, I love that man. Absolutely. It's, it's become the thing that's going to be the national media thing. And Mark Ingram's just funny, man. He had the, uh, the, Ooh, the details. Look at the details last year on the saints. And so it feels like he's, and he still does that too. Like that's kind of his thing. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it absolutely is. Uh, so he's just a funny guy. So I think he definitely 1 billion percent has a career in entertainment and sports broadcasting after his playing days are over. I mean, he's hilarious. Yeah, he definitely is. So, uh, yeah, awesome win. Uh, awesome team. I love this team. I also love this team. And I mean, just a couple gritty plays, the strip from the sack from Chuck Clark coming, screaming in Chuck Clark really played a great game today, man. Yeah, he did. Um, Josh Bynes too. shout out, man. He had a good game as well. Uh, blew up a running play, critical uh, running play. Uh, so shout out to Josh Bynes. I feel like he's not getting enough love, uh, you know, some of the time for a guy who was just picked up off the street and is playing great. And uh, it's a cool story. Sure. And, you know, this game for me feels like a game where you can watch if you're not a Ravens fan, maybe you're a 49ers fan. You're like, oh, you know, Lamar's running back, whatever, blah, blah. Like, yeah, dude, he is. He will mess you up as a running quarterback, as a running back, whatever. The read options, the quarterback wraps, all that stuff. I mean, the vaunted 49ers, you know, defensive front wasn't really scary against the run game. I mean, they made it tough between the tackles a lot for Ingram, who did have a couple, you know, very tough runs as well as with Edwards. He didn't really see a ton of daylight at all, but uh, Lamar carved them up, had the crazy, crazy, crazy juke where he sent someone sliding into the next universe. That can be, uh, you know, a little meme video with some music played to the background where that defender's just slip sliding through the entire planet and galaxy beyond. But um, Lamar carved him up with his legs. He did the damn thing. He recognizes what he has to do to win, and then he goes and does it. And this offensive line was awesome. Pat McCarry, shout out. Bradley Bozeman had a good game. I mean, the Ravens were sacked once, had two quarterback hits, and consistently won at the line of scrimmage. Even if they didn't win by a ton, there weren't a lot of blown-up plays. They were able to impose their will for the most part. I think Nick Boyle had an incredible block in space, kind of laying out to take out the legs of a defender. And Lamar is really operating in those read options on a high level, dude. Like when to pull the ball, when to give the ball, and the ball fakes. They're awesome to watch. Yeah, definitely. And uh, as for the running back conversation, yeah, I have seen – People starting to you know have that bubble up again. Whenever he has a game like this, it's mostly Patriots fans that are getting a little little chippy and a little a uh, little whiny about the fact that nobody's talking about them, uh, even though everyone talks about them all the time. But you know, I think a friend of the show, Skip Bayless. Uh, puts it really well on Twitter when he says Lamar Jackson with 101 rushing yards and two late third down conversions proved once again he's the best running back in football as well as being a deadly passer with an extremely high decision making IQ is there anyone harder to take down in the open field right now I mean I'm sure you know you can say no. Saquon or whatever but yeah, I, don't, he, I don't think so as far as being shifty He's next level making people miss and with speed like he's the best speed runner in the NFL like hands down the the I mean that cut that he had is is even crazier than the spin move that he had in Cincinnati for me. He hesied and then shuffled and left that dude dead dead. And then just kind of coasted. He didn't really – again, he didn't take a ton of big hits. We saw him take kind of a, a couple where defensive linemen kind of hit him with a good bit of might and landed on him last week. Michael Brockers had a little bit of a shot. But a lot of times where they were blowing up plays, Lamar's just falling down so fast the defenders can't even put a clean elbow or shoulder into him. So did a good job protecting himself amidst. And I'm kind of pissed at him on that one run, but I can't ever be mad at Lamar, man. He's I think he's as pissed, if not more, at himself than anyone's ever going to be. Because whenever he has like a run where there is potential for a game and he like somehow misses it, he jumps up like slamming his head so hard with his hands that I'm afraid he's going to give himself a concussion. Like, you ever I, see that? Like after the play yeah, when he, he just out. he it tweaks was, out like after. Yeah, like runs like that. I'm like, damn, dude, like it's, it's all good. Yeah, it uh, definitely he was getting a little pissed off, but it's what I like to see. I mean, go. Well, I mean, hey, you are the predictor of the great Lamar Jackson tantrum of 2020. So the tantrum 2020 TTT is coming. Uh, You'll see it in full force. It was just a little taste. That was, you know, just a little. Well, I hope we don't see it. I mean, I hope we don't see it. I want to know. I, I want to see it. I think it's like a good freak out, like a super. Oh, OK. I thought the, the way that you posited it, I thought you meant that in a negative sense. 
No, I think we're going to see him go Super Saiyan in like a way that m- some people might call immature as kind of like just that classic someone has to say something about something backlash. But I think he's going to go Super Saiyan in the playoffs at some point where the Ravens kind of backs are against the wall and he just flips out and does it while being furious. I like that. Anything else on this game? Chris Moore, awesome, 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 awesome play to dive, somersault, not touch the end zone, keep the ball there. Incredible play by Chris Moore. And shout out to him. Kudos to him. A guy who has not had his number called basically at all this year makes a play. And Tucker makes a play. Chris Wormley makes a play getting his hand on that ball, even though I don't think that pass was going to be completed. It looked like it was very well covered, and he was just going to try and see if he could zip one into Kittle, and Kittle could just do something crazy. Um, that's it for me. Just guys making plays. Hayden Hurst. Those are my like three three statements to close the on The unsung me. heroes. The unsung heroes. Uh, Justin Tucker, Chris Moore, Hayden Hurst, those three dudes coming in. No, in no, not any of them have been caught on a ton. Even Tucker hasn't really been, you know, relied upon. He's not getting a ton of attempts. So he's, I would, you know, understand if he misses that field goal, it's in the rain. Like he didn't, Chris Moore could have slipped and not made that play. They just made those little plays, those little catches, those little first downs. Those three guys were huge, did a lot of it and won the Ravens a game. Yeah. And Chris Moore has also made it clear that he was unhappy about the fact that, uh, he was not getting a bigger role within the offense. At least I think that's what happened when he and Harbaugh kind of blew up. At each I mean, that has to that has to be it. Yeah. And so, I, yeah, I can understand him being a little pissed off, but it does say a lot about him that he doesn't allow that to affect his special teams play. And he's still out there making critical plays on special teams every week. So good for him uh, in that sense. And uh, yeah, this was an awesome win, probably. Uh, the last really big game of the season for the Ravens, if you think about it. Yeah, Browns are eliminated. Steelers are three games back and would have to win out, and the Ravens would have to lose out. So the Ravens win one more game. They win the division, I believe. Yeah, I think so. What what does Pittsburgh have, six losses? They are seven and five. The Ravens are ten and two. And they already have the one win over them. They have the one win over them. I'm Pittsburgh lost to Cleveland. The Ravens lost to Cleveland. I'm pretty sure if the Ravens win one more, they do win the division. I'm not positive on that yet, though. Maybe there's still some remote chance, but Pittsburgh basically is is out. Ravens basically won the divisions. So in all likelihood, we are looking at the 2019-2020 AFC North champions back to back would be only the sixth time. So the Ravens have done that. So uh, would be very special if they're able to do that, take care of business. Yeah, definitely. It feels like they don't win the division a ton. So seeing them do it two years in a row is pretty awesome. Uh, and it kind of makes you wonder what's going to happen with Pittsburgh next season. And is Big Ben just going to come back and just be Big Ben next year? And what's going to happen in Cleveland? I mean, those Super Bowl tickets were already printed and now they have seven losses so that's something Bengals get a win uh with andy dalton so they got their the monkey off their back and they are probably just gonna go full burrow season at this point but yeah who knows i would love i would if i'm a Bengals fan i want joe burrow bad so yeah but yeah browns are officially eliminated from winning the afc north i'm just gonna put one just one quick little i didn't uh, think of that Oh, Cleveland, you thought. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, I mean, you just hate to see it. Um, A lot was said. A lot was said, and, uh, you know, not a lot was... There were a few tattoos. There were a few tattoos. Uh, And the Browns are not eliminated from the playoffs yet, and I don't think they said division winner on those tattoos. They were of a Mr. Vincent Lombardi uh, piece of hardware that has been named after him. So would be a real shame. Every time I see a uh, Baker Mayfield commercial. (laughs) That's so exactly true of how i feel about it <laughs> yeah i i mean i kind of feel bad for the guy honestly but i do too and i kind of like i like his commercials they're funny like he's a decent actor in those like they are funny so i'm just like uh baker 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 yeah it's more just like some of their shithead fans but i don't know like 
I don't hate One that. thing we did not talk about that I uh, think kind of came out after the game. Oh, my God, Deshaun Watson. Um, yeah, so it looks like the Texans are walking out. Victorious Ravens are going to take the one seed. That was sick. That was insane. It was like a, what, pop pass speed option from Watson to Hopkins to Watson. Jeez, that was awesome. But anyway, uh, so Mark Andrews loves Baker Mayfield. Dudes are best friends pretty much. And uh, Mark Andrews didn't take too lightly, I guess, to Bosa mocking Baker planting the OU flag. So Mark Andrews scores the touchdown, goes down in the end zone, calls the homies over. It was like Ingram and Hurst and plants his own flag. Uh, I guess the OU flag really for Baker uh, and then ends up taking the revenge. So I guess, you know, once a sooner, always a sooner. Those two kind of will always have each other's back. So that was just a little funny ticky tacky thing to me that uh, Ravens took advantage of and gave Nick Bosa, I believe, his seventh loss since his freshman year of high school in football, which is wild. Yeah, I think Deshaun Watson's lost like six or seven, too, as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's always wild to think about. Just goats, man. Just successful guys that. Uh, oh, we got another goat level. from uh, from Lamar today. Did we? Who was it? Tucker. Tucker. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, <laughs> That's goat number one. Well, yeah, it's 20, like wait, so. What, what's going through your What's going through your mind when you see Justin Tucker going out there for the kick? Goat, man, goat. <laughs> I was like, yep. What's going through your mind when you're dipping Oreo cookies into milk? Goat, man, goat. Yep. What's going in your mind when you talk about Harry Potter? Goat. Oh man, that's a goat, Harry. That's my dog. He's back at the wizard's place talking about goats. <laughs> the wizards of Lamarly Place. Nice. Not really at all. It was like a 3.6. But yeah, so some funny tidbits. We'll have some more. We obviously have not hit the film yet. One final note before Jake gets into his lovely conclusion. That if you don't listen to, you're honestly missing out because his voice is so smoothing at the end. Soothing at the end and smooth combine those there smoothing smooth. but we will be holding a contest that will take place over the course of the next two weeks it is for a free action lights camera action jackson baltimore beatdown t-shirt you can enter the contest by going to apple podcasts even if you listen on spotify if you can't i'm sorry because uh, we can't really get anything but if you leave a five-star review of our podcast and then you write a comment whoever has the funniest review that is ripping us apart tear me and jake limb from limb we love it we think it's hilarious we like it when you guys do that just because it's funny as hell when well i pretend going, to like it but on the inside i'm uh dying so i'm a sens- more towards me and if you're gonna make fun of jake make fun of me with jake i'm a sensitive so, soul that's you know don't don't solo. Don't, you know, call Jake out alone. He needs I'm walking through darkness with him, but I flirt with the devil. So you can aim it just at me if you want or me and Jake. Don't aim it at Jake. He's a good guy. But leave us something ripping on us. We think it's just really funny if someone's going through like reading a podcast review and it's all five stars, but they all say horrible things. Well, my uh, favorite. Uh, <laughs> there are a lot of really good reviews in here that we've gotten over the course of the last couple months as we've grown our profile a little bit. But my favorite was one that came in, I think, on this Wednesday. And it literally it's five stars. And it literally just says the title is The Boys and the description is are back in town. And I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are back in town yeah yeah oh that song was playing uh big fire uh over thanksgiving break because everyone comes back in town so i'm always just looping that that's that's awesome yes okay. the boys are back in town this week the ravens came back to town took that dub baby but yeah we'll hook you up with a free t-shirt uh make sure to you know put something where we would recognize you if you do do it message us on twitter show us a screenshot of your review and claim it make it the same handle as your instagram handle or your twitter handle so that way we know it was you and we will send you a shirt it's a pretty cool shirt lights camera action jackson uh little lamar shirt and we'll take care of you we'll, we'll uh, send you one so we're having a couple contests at baltimore beatdown and giving away some shirts so we'd love to hook somebody up Yep, definitely. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you for tuning in week to week. This has been a lot of fun uh, doing this thing in a moment of uh, sincerity. Uh, I had no idea how this whole 
podcast thing was going to go for me doing it solo. I had a little bit of experience with it last year, but uh, this is kind of my first time doing it for real. And uh, the response has been good and fun. The Twitter has been growing. I've grown a friendship with this great, beautiful man uh, across from me in my computer. And it's been uh, it's been great. So thank you, guys. And uh, please do leave those five star reviews for us because they help us out and we want to continue to grow. Absolutely. We love it. I mean, we're having a blast. I've been having a blast. Jake said all of it very well. Uh, we want to keep growing and doing this thing and, I mean, do this thing full time and, and grow. We're two, you know, young guys out here getting our careers started up. We appreciate all of our listeners. You guys have helped us so much already. And this is just year one of me and Jake. So uh, we are looking forward to this year and beyond giving you guys the best Ravens coverage. We'll be coming to you throughout the offseason, hitting up on the draft, on free agency. Uh, we'll figure out a schedule on that. It might be a little bit more few and far between at times, but we will stay very, relatively consistent there and uh, giving you guys the best, the funnest, the most fun Ravens coverage that we can. So we appreciate you. Yes, we do. And uh, we appreciate you guys listening to this episode. Uh, if you liked what you heard, please subscribe to the show. Leave us that five-star rating that we were talking about. Leave us a review and go ahead and leave that roast so you can get your ticket entered into the raffle for, to win that t-shirt. Uh, please follow the show on Twitter at PodcastBeatdown. You can follow me at Jake Luke L-O-U-Q-U-E. And you can follow Spencer at Ravens4Dummies. That's the number four. And check out BaltimoreBeatdown.com for all of our written content and the written content content of some of our great co-workers uh, we've got Eric doing some good fantasy and gambling stuff that I've been checking out a lot and uh, just some other general stuff uh, Dustin Jacob Ashlyn uh, Kyle is on there Voss is on there who we know and love uh, just everyone Frank big Frank big Frank guy Frank Platko Jr. the third is the man uh, so yeah just uh, check the website out as well and uh, we appreciate you guys listening and hope you have a great week in your Thanksgiving come down come on down we will see you guys soon. Try to have a guest on this week. Our 49ers guest fell through, but we'll try to get a guest on this week again. Uh, it has been a lot of Jake and Spencer, but you guys love us, don't you? Yeah. Don't you? Please say it. Please say you do. I hope they do. Uh, we will be trying to get Pinto Ron from the legendary Bill's Tailgates, the guy that gets squirted with all the ketchup. Um not really, but I wish that would be like my dream guest. But uh regardless, uh, I guess that is our sign to get out of there. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys. See ya. Peace. You see, I, don't, I ain't no big sack, man. I don't like sacks, man. Mm-hmm. I love them. See, sacks take me out of my game. I like running both down. I like interceptions and touchdowns. Busting up the streams. You in the gutter. You yeah, in, I like you that. You in the gutter. I like that bump you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he, he like the trick. That boy like yeah. to get down. Like down and dirty. I like busting up screens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like hitting quarterbacks. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what I'm saying. That's my plan. That's a nice. I grab a quarterback. Bang, bang, bang. All day. Ha, ha, ha.